It's the 919 Beer Podcast. Taste the triangle. Welcome to the 919 Beer Podcast. Joe Obius from 99.9 The Fan in Raleigh, North Carolina. Adam Eshbaugh and Wayne Holt from 919 Beer. We'll check in with the World Beer Fest, which is taking place April 2nd at the NC State Fairgrounds. Chris Rice from All About Beer will join us. And uh, our big conversation will be with Brian Mancini. He's the regional manager for Matt Brewing Company. Matt Brewing Company? What's Matt Brewing Company? You would know them as Saranac. Or one of my personal favorite retro beers, Utica Club. So I'm looking forward to talking about the genesis of that and the uh, and the popularity of these retro beers with uh, certain demographics like mine. Not necessarily Adam's demographics, but my demographics. Huh. I thought we're you guys again, were the huh? same demographic. But we're the same age, but we're not the same, Wayne. Whoa. Oh, that's right. You're a North wow. Hills guy, and Adam's a... He's God knows East where. Apex guy. Yeah, who knows? I don't even know. Wow, yeah, I don't yeah, know where he is. Yeah, that's a big demographic. Uh, thanks to uh, Tyler's Tap Room for bringing in uh, food today. We got pizza and wings. Pizza like, and wings, and awesome pizza and yeah, wings. Really good. This three really is pizzas, beer food today. Three different pair, or two different wings. Awesome. I don't know. A, what was the was a barbecue deal there? The barbecue pizza chicken? or the wings? Both Bar- barbecue chicken. Yeah, the pizza is really yeah. really good. I, I, I tend that. to get the barbecue chicken pizza and I add jalapenos. So um, you didn't have jalapenos. You didn't add them. I didn't add them. This is it, bro. Your hair. This is it. This is your hair's uh, your hair's about to go. Sunday. Yeah. The question is, will you add me back as your friend on Facebook? I don't know. It's debatable. I didn't mm. I didn't unfriend you. I muted you. Which is even worse, Joe. No, I don't think it's worse. That you means still, you're like you can still get in contact with me if need be. And I saw what you did by photoshopping your face onto a pumpkin from a couple of years ago. How funny was that? I like that one. Didn't you? Yeah, I was, this I could was be impressive. us, Joe. But I know, you play it. It could be. But no, I, I, just I don't. response. N O period. No, just no. No, we're not. We're not doing that. So no, we're not really I'll friends. Haunt your dreams for for those who are unaware. You've got uh, Sam Baldrick's shave event taking place this Saturday. What noon over at Aviator? Noon at Aviator. Yes. And there's still opportunities to give money if needed. There's still opportunities to give money. There's still opportunities to sign up and shave. Okay. Uh, we always have a few people that that show up that day and they're like, hey, I want to get involved in this. And I assume Wayne's going to show up with like a roll of hundreds on yeah, Saturday. I think so. And just Usually. make it rain. Yeah. He, right, Wayne? He shows Not up. sure, man. I haven't figured no, it out yet. <laughs> it depends. I might just take Friday my shirt gets... off and let him shave me and see if I can raise some money. <laughs> hey, shave my back. <laughs> Since I don't have any on my head. You know, head. it's your money I can give to make sure that that doesn't happen. Absolutely, yeah. You got to show up. Right. Yeah, this and can I'm work in either direction. Right now. You can you can pay us to shave, or you can pay me not to take off my shirt and shave. So we'll I'll do actually, uh, on Saturday, I'll actually be at uh, the Carolina Railhawks. They've got a uh, international oh, international exhibition. friendly international friendly against Deportivo Toluca, and uh, they're opening up a new beer garden at Wake Med Soccer Park. So I'm going to be checking that out. Can't wait to see that. I'm going to talk about that a little bit more next week. I'll okay. be curious to see how that all plays out because Lone our friends are Lone Riders. Lone Riders always been. Yep. Uh, they do the uh, they do the what the Capono Captain's <clears throat> Ale. Yeah, the yeah. official. They just beer. canned it last week, I believe. I saw those cans. Actually, cans look pretty good. I was at a Railhawks media event earlier this week, and they had the Capono Captain's Ale ready to go. Um, of course, they were just for show. They didn't actually let us have mm. Capono's Captain Ale. But I'll have it on Saturday. Okay. At the Far Post Beer Garden is, at the Rail. Is this just you, or is there a group going out from the station, or, or what is well, this? Are you covering the, the game, nah, or you're just going to enjoy it? Yeah, I mean, Scalco will probably be at the same project, right? I mean, no, I think no. Mike. Mike got Canes. Mike, uh, is, does he have Canes? I think, think there's. Okay. I think Canes. He texted me last night. I did notice he contributed some he money. He did contribute last night. Oh, is, um, it, is this what this is about? <laughs> he did. I haven't either. And I'm a procrastinator. I put out perhaps the creepiest post of all. It was pretty weird. I don't know. His wife was holding. 
on some baby, and that baby became me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I saw that one. Yeah, it was a good one. Oh, there's been some really some He real texted creepers. me and said, you, sir, are a champion, and I really took that to heart. Real or creeper, man. Or a creep. <laughs> it's either, either or. I mean, Champ- really Creepy champion. Uh, yeah, creepy champion. <laughs> so what have you guys been drinking? I honestly... <laughs> Utica I, Club, man. Well, I'm having Utica Club right now. You'd be proud of me. Two, two. Listen to this. And I yeah. texted you Sunday afternoon. I went up to Tapline Growler. I don't remember. In Holly Springs. You didn't text me. I think I have your text. Well, Wayne's a Fuquay too. resident now, so I think your texts are muted as wow. well. Wow. No, you actually responded to I this. Did. I did. Jeez. Uh, but Tapline, I went up and I uh, wanted to drop off some St. Baldrick stuff because Justin wanted to help out with that. And uh, I looked on the beer menu and they had Narragansett Lager. Yes. <laughs> And I had to. Make it happen. I had to. Like, every time I see that beer, I want to watch Jaws. <laughs> and and it was it was outstanding. It wasn't so, so bad, was it? it, it no. It, it's not no? that it's bad. There's a time and place, like you say. There's always a time and place for yeah. it. And But Utica Club, much in the same vein, I you know, I started tasting this, and I told Brian, I said, I feel like I need to be tailgating right now, or on a boat. Well, there's opportunities to tailgate. I mean, you got Kane's games now. It's spring. We do section. Uh, yeah, it was like our boys degrees. over at section three twenty eight. Yeah. Three twenty eight. Yeah, the Kane's game, Buffalo. There's a bunch of bunch of my buddies went up. Rough. I think they said it was like forty of them went up there and tailgated. Yeah. Now's the time to tailgate. Time. Yeah, I mean, nice. the Canes might not be making <laughs> oh, the playoffs, but at least you got five more home games. If you can, can brave the pollen, now is the I time. I know, right? Well, that's why I'm on a double dose of uh, Zert. No, Claritin in the morning, Flonase at night. Wow. That's wow. where I'm at right now. Like the and cats and the pollen, right? I know for our female listeners, this is really going to get them going. Natty pot. Natty pot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I nothing, knew that was coming. Nothing says, nothing says Friday night lights low <laughs> quite like a saline solution <laughs> going up a couple logs one on nostril and coming out the other end. Yeah, but how good do you feel <laughs> if you oh, do that? Oh, man. There's nothing beats the it's, feeling of a neti pot. It's <laughs> literally cleansing. So it is. Like, oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. the best. It's thing pretty ever. awesome. And but, this time of year, you can watch the green stuff come out the other side. Oh, literally, yes. you know the pollen yes. just flying well, out. Speaking the yellow of and green. speaking of yellow things like pollen, uh, one of the beers you dropped off for me a few weeks back was a Brutus from Fontaflora. It was a dandelion. Oh yeah, dandelion saison. Outstanding. Yeah, so good the other day. So uh, that was that was my little treat. And speaking of our friends at Fontaflora, they had a big news yeah, release in the news. last couple of days. They bought uh, bought some property. Going to do. Uh, a new brewery outside of uh, outside of town, and looks to be really cool. Looks to be really cool. I think it's uh, eight acres, and the You're main like a what a forty six hundred square foot facility. Old or Stone right. Barn is going to be the main brew facility hmm. there. So I can't wait for that to happen. And those guys are just it'll fit yeah. right in with what they do. Well, they do, yeah, and that's the whole thing. And it, the, <clears throat> if you read the whole article further, deep down into the article, it talked about how that piece of property was part of the original Fonta Floor settlement. Which was really cool. I mean, yeah. it's it really neat. So, so what did I have to drink this week? You know, the normal suspects that I drink. You know, lots of Bell's Two Hearted Ale, a little Aviator, a little Draft Lime. But yesterday, Wayne is fully assimilated into Fuquay culture. Hey, you know, we were doing that anyway. That's what, that's but, what this. Enough, that's what's happening enough. here. But when you can walk to both of those, when you can walk to both of those, <laughs> it's hard to drive somewhere. <laughs> we don't see each other anymore. And drink. He's not in Holly well, we didn't see each other anyway. Adam would be at the Mason Jar, which was a half mile from where I live, and I never got a call to come have a beer at the Mason Jar. That's just how he rolls, man. Yeah, he's just, just he, how he rolls. He's doing his own thing now. Yep. That's fine. Yep. He's lone wolf. The, uh, he's the been doing his own thing back. forever. The, the success of the 15 people who listen to this podcast has really gone it's gotten to his head. It's gotten to my head. Yeah, really it has. is. You know, he's easy like that. He, he doesn't take much to blow him up. But um, but yesterday, one of the guys brought up to uh, a little share a Pizza Boy Eternal Sunshine sour. Mm. And it was really nice. We're, we're still working through, I think I said last week, uh, one of our buddies uh, had to give up his 
collection. Mm -hmm. So we went in and basically bought what he had left after he was trying to sell it for a year. We went in and bought about 100, 110 bottles. And it was just, it's all, I mean, there's there's some How stuff. How much that, was he looking for? Oh, here, Reggie wanted a couple of grand, and it, you know, then it kept coming down, and I think we ended up giving him 600 Jeez. Yeah. Poor and, guy. Oh, dude. And one of them was a um, <laughs> one's a barrel aged Pappy Eclipse. Yeah. Um, oh, so a, you had the other one last week. And yeah, we had the week. Rittenhouse Rye. I still haven't had the Pappy one yet. Oh, okay. And then there was um, what else? Uh, a couple of three Floyds that are actually hand uh, labeled. Yeah. That uh, we had one of those last week as well. So, yeah, for $600. It was a deal okay, for what you enough. got. So good stuff. We'll talk to uh, Chris Rice of All About Beer here in just a second to talk about the World Beer Festival at uh, the NCC Fairgrounds taking place on Saturday, April 2nd. But before we do that, there's a bit of news. Now, you guys are well, you're much more immersed in this kind of stuff this time of the year than I am because I'm all basketballed out right now. But Cigar City and Oscar Blues have been in the news because they're under the same ownership group now. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. Okay. There's been a. But but I know beer. You mean bros... Oscar Blues didn't buy cigar cigars. Right. No, I bring this up because the beer bros tend to uh, freak out yep. about these types of things and make assumptions. So my understanding is that the the you know these larger companies come in, they invest a lot of money, they take ownership stakes. They just happen to now be under the same umbrella. It's not one Correct. brewery buying out the yeah, other. Yeah, and it didn't get bought by a beer conglomerate, you know, like, uh, say, Ballast Point did or, you know, ABM has been buying yeah. up these breweries. This is basically just a fund. And so there's a cash infusion into the business, which will allow them to hopefully uh, distribute to, other, to new places. One of the things we're looking forward to, and we don't, nobody's, I mean, I haven't gotten any confirmation on this, but some of the things I've read says that because they are owned, or at least have the same investors now that Oscar Blues and Asheville will have the capability of brewing some of the Cigar City beer. So we're hoping that happens because a lot of the Cigar City stuff, well, we don't get Cigar City in, in North Carolina at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but then a lot of it will get over that 15%. Okay. Um, so you have to tone it down. But we're hoping we're going to get some Cigar City beer. All right. Very, and very cool. Don't know yeah, that it yet. It would be but nice but to have fresh highlight here, like whenever you want it. It right? would. And yeah, they make their, I mean, they're uh, got a lot of nice Marshall beers. Zukov and their stouts. I mean, they do some good beer. Puppy's so, breath, border. Puppy's breath, yep. Yeah. So hopefully, uh, hopefully they'll come around. Of course, they're Hunapu's Day. Maybe they'll do a Hunapu's Day North and do it up in Asheville or something. It'd be cool. I doubt huh, it, but I doubt that. Sounds fun. Now, did I oh, real quick about this? Did I read one of these articles? And I'm trying to find it now. Oscar Blues is getting a third brewery in Austin, in, in Texas. Yeah. Yep. I did not know that. Yep. It's interesting. We're gonna have to talk to Jake about that at some point. From Jake from State Farm. Jake. Oscar Jake. Blues. Jake. Jake from State Who is Farm. in Iceland right now, by the way. Oh, nice. Good for him. Yeah. And one another article that I, I brought up there was uh, something I read this morning on. Uh, I don't have it in front full of me. Full paint. Full paint. Yeah, full paint. And the, and one of the guys there, and it may be the the founder of Full Paints, talking about how the trading and the bottle releases have just gotten out of hand. That you know when he first started writing that uh, that blog, trading was. You know, you trade a dollar for a dollar. You know, if something was a limited release and it was a $25 bottle, you would trade for another limited release of a $25 bottle. And, you know, you might throw some extras in or you might balance it out in the trade. Yeah. But now it's just gotten crazy. And, and, and the point they were making was talking about cycle brewing in St. Petersburg last week or two weeks ago during the Hunapu's Day uh, release and the Tampa Bay Beer Week. Cycle does five releases Monday through Friday. It's a different beer. And people were literally lining up at, at like 5 a.m. Kale had pictures from like oh how about seven or eight at the night before (laughs) for a noon release the next day. I mean it's just crazy, 
And then he was saying that, you know, there was a couple of people in some of these trade groups that had the five beers for $1,000 or best offer. And it's just, it's hard to grasp because, Adam, you've done a little trading. I've done a little training, not a whole lot, no. mostly local, but I've done some. I mean, I've got a guy in California who'll shoot me some Russian River stuff and we'll trade back and forth some wicked weed that I can get. But it's usually just, hey, man, here's, here's 10 bottles of wicked weed. Send me something. Send me some Russian River. Send me something from California. Well, you're not trading with that guy. Right. It's, and just, that's it's the a problem. very friendly trade. I mean, we've traded bourbon and it's, you know, we don't worry about is it dollar for dollar? Is it even? We just trade because we like. It's not like Pokemon. Yeah, right. Not yeah, like Pokemon. Yeah, it's not, like, no like Pokemon. idea what I'm talking. It's no idea what I'm talking about. Pikachu. Well, I know that those people get that stuff crazy. They do. They get crazy over it, kind of like your Star Wars stuff. Yes, I mean, you indeed. Get crazy. Um, but that's kind of what's happening to beer. You know, you've got that FOMO. You you fear of missing out. You got to have it. You got to have it. Oh yeah, man. And you're willing to pay to get it. And you know, I said about a year ago. In fact, they're having the Red Angel pickup this weekend. And I think it was last year at the Red Angel release where I went. You know what? I looked at my wife and said, Kelly, I'm done with this. I'm done with standing in lines. I'm done with fighting crowds. I'm done with this fear of missing out. I will eventually get to taste anything I want to taste, right. probably. And the the hysteria that has come to be has just gotten out of control. You can't and, brag about it on Instagram, though, man. Well, and that's part if you're of you're not and, there and that's that part day. Of what, what's right. the point? But that's part of what this article talks about um, is being able to post up that you know it's a two bottle release and you show your ten bottles that you got. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was yeah, talking it's, about it's no it's no different than any other thing. Any other I mean, thing. Beer, and I, I've made this point in the past in the podcast that essentially what beer has become or craft beer has become is no different than, you know, we joke about Pokemon. Yeah, anything. Nintendo, you get guys who are uh, grown men who are camped out to get a little plastic figurine called an amiibo. And his okay? name's Joe Evans? No. Oh. No, I just scour Amazon. Any <laughs> I, I, I scour Amazon for that. Or the sneakerheads that will stand out in line at Vertical oh, Urge absolutely, yeah. looking for a limited release yeah. Nike that's made yeah. out of hemp. Yeah, you know any, what I mean? So it's like the Woody, we call that the Woody Harrelson. Right. Yeah, right. It's, um, so anyways, these are all, these are all things that exist. These are all yeah. things that exist. Uh, we'll talk to uh, Chris Rice of All About Beer in uh, just a few, but he's in studio with us right now, and we'll welcome on our guest from Saranac. Why am I blanking? I'm, I'm sorry. I'm blanking. From Matt Brewing nah, Company. No, no, I know, I know, I know, I know. From Matt Brewing Company. What I has had, happened here? I, what has happened here this was that I had- gone off the rails. I lost my place. Take so two. I'll just, I'll just edit this out. I'll just edit this out. Take two. <laughs> Well, before we let him on, like I said, make sure yeah. you are yes. all okay. up on it. Testing. Brian, <clears throat> Brian Mancini, he's the regional manager for Matt Brewing Company, otherwise known as Saranac, and a few others, and uh, what I'm having right now, Utica Club. I'm so excited that you brought this in today. You see for me. <laughs> all right, so uh, before we talk about you know, the typical craft brewing that – a lot of the listeners of this podcast are into, I've always made the argument that retro beer or old school American pilsners and lagers and things like that still have a time and a place. And it's something that you guys clearly know because this has come back. This is the first beer that was made after Prohibition. Well, first beer legally sold. Legally after sold after Prohibition. After Prohibition. We, I know we have to be very technical about it. <laughs> yeah. I guess uh, I guess the Mats knew some, some, some bigwigs up in the... Uh... The aristocrats up in New York and New Jersey that were yes. able to uh, get the inside track on that. So. <laughs> when exactly was going to happen? <laughs> hey, look, I watched Board- Boardwalk Empire on HBO. I know all the things that were going on during Prohibition. So before we talk about Saranac specifically. From that documentary. It was really, what, Nucky Thompson wasn't a real person? <laughs> what are you talking about? No, so w- why bring this beer back? And what has been the, 
has it been, I, I assume it's been popular to the point where when it initially came out, I remember when I first saw it was at Peace Street Market. It was in bottles. Now you're making cans. Mm-hmm. So what has been the response to a beer like this, which competes in the same realm as, say, Pabst Blue Ribbon, National Bohemian, Gansett, and the like? Pabst Blue Ribbon. Does that mean we can get it for a dollar at my way on Wednesdays? I don't think so. Huh. I don't think so. We'll work on that right now. <laughs> uh, well, you know, to answer that question, Joe, I, I don't know if we're necessarily trying to bring it back. Um, I don't think we've really put a very strong emphasis on Utica Club. Okay. Because, you know, it's, it's, it's you know, our version of PBR, I guess, mm-hmm. is what you would call it. And I, I, I think it's a great version. It's, it's certainly oh, it's as good. American I as don't American mean it gets. in any sort of knock. Oh, no, I'm not saying you're not. any sort of knock. But I think it's one of those things where, you know, it's, it's just out there. And if you can find it. You know, enjoy it. It's got a little bit of history, a little bit of tradition to it. Um, you know, oh, and by the way, when you're drinking it, you can read in the can that, wow, this is the first beer legally sold. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's literally beer vendor. We're beer vendor number one with this beer. It's it's authentic. It's the real deal as far as an American-style pilsner that has a lot of history and tradition to it. And, uh, you know, it's paved the way for, uh, for us, um, you know, to be able to keep brewing and then eventually develop into, uh, you know, creating Saranac in 1985, which is really nice. And from that point on, Saranac has been pretty synonymous, but you guys have hundreds of more styles now uh, than you did back in 1985. So when Saranac first started, what was the main beer, and how many beers do you have now? Well, I think, uh, you know, the Adirondack Lager was Mm -hmm. certainly, um, you know, I I believe one of the first ones we started brewing in 1985, but then the Pale Ale became our flagship uh, shortly thereafter. And, uh, you know, it's, it, was, it was an English-style pale, um, you know, where we used uh, some English noble hops that we used, uh, Kent Golding, um, um, you know, and a few others there. But, uh, but right now, I think, um, you know, we were a brewery that, that did mass-produce Utica Club as that light-style pilsner. Um, so when we came out with Saranac, it was, we, had, we have two giant copper kettles that when we brewed, we brewed on a larger scale. Whereas I think today's craft, you know, so in, in the 80s, you know, you had that larger scale, you know, Sierra Nevada, um, Sam Adams, obviously, mm-hmm. Pete's, you know, Pete's Wicked is one of those pioneers as well. And, uh, but we brewed it, you know, we were, we were one of a few players, whereas today you're one of thousands. Um, and I think what you're seeing today is, you know, that's, you know, like we were talking about, you know, um, people that are looking for that small batch stuff. Mm-hmm. We, we actually recently installed in our brewery, which is a 150-year-old building, uh, where we've been occupying it for 128 years. Wow. Uh, yeah, we're four generations in, Wayne. 128 years in the same building? Yeah. That's insane. Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. And, uh, you know, being a fourth-generation brewer, we've been around. We've survived through Prohibition, mm-hmm. uh, where we made our sodas, and, you know, we still continue to make those today. Um, but, uh, but what you're seeing from today's craft beer consumer is they want that small batch. Like you said, they want to find that diamond in the rough that you know people are talking about. So, <clears throat> Whales. Whales, baby. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but um, so whereas we were you know, brewing craft beer in our two giant copper kettles, we've recently installed a couple of pilot systems in our basement. And now, what do you call a pilot system? Yeah, 50 barrel. Your, yeah exactly. <laughs> well, exactly. You, know, you guys have um, this huge copper copper kettles but your quote pilot system is a little bit bigger than pilot systems would be around here correct uh 
not really. I mean, we have a couple of breweries like the Flying Bison that is a, uh, I believe it's a 50-barrel system now that we use in Flying Bison, which is in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have, a, we, have a, we have a nice lab, like a, like a two- or four-barrel system that we do a lot oh, of really? testing. Like in. a oh, legitimate. Wow. Down. Okay. Yeah. Oh, it's our lab. It's really nice. Matter of fact, I think it is, that's a picture of it right there, if you want to pass that around, just at the bottom. So the, at the top of that. Turn it around, yeah, so our listeners can see it, Adam. At the bottom. It's seven barrel fermenters. Cool. So, yeah, yeah. It's a pilot system. Another for big. seven barrels. Well, that's what I mean. Highlands is Hall uh, Rivers. Highlands Hall is Rivers regular size. Highlands has got a fairly large pilot system too. That's our lab, though. So we do right. we do testing there, and then we have other breweries like Jeez. Lake Placid Brewery up in Lake Placid, New York, and Flying Bison of Buffalo, where we actually take those tests and we really you know take those small batches and gotcha. Them, you know, and uh, we actually you know Adam from you know the Mason Jar. Is signed up to our inner circle right now, which really highlights our small batches. So, being around for 30 years with Saranac, um, we have kind of looked at what the consumer is looking for, and they're looking for that small batch, high end, eclectic stuff. And we're taking our 128 years of brewing experience, and we're kicking small batch through the door with it. So, you know, we had the Raven Nordic IPA right. just recently. That uh, you know, it's a it's a darker IPA that uh, uh, features some some ingredients from Scandinavia, like some juniper, some rye and oats as well. And, uh, you know, it just it, I think, Adam, you tried it. It really, the, the hop character really came through on a dark IPA like that. Which yeah, nice. yeah, we just, just put it on the mason jar earlier this week. We've yeah. been sitting on it for a little bit. Not not overly intentionally, but been kind of waiting for the right time. The to inner circle. So, did you hear that, Joe? The inner circle. And Got to know people, Wayne. We're, Joe, we're, we're not, not in that. We're not in the inner But you know circle. what else? We're not even you in Adam's. Be. We're not even in Adam's oh, inner circle. Boy. No. We're not. <laughs> Man, I mean, the passive aggression is strong <laughs> in this room. Now, I want to be on the I want to be in on the inner circle on how exactly you made the s'more beer taste exactly like a s'more. Because I had that back in De- I think it was either early December or sometime after Christmas. Uh, my in laws had it, and I was like, "Oh, come s'more, please, whatever." And I was like, wait a second. The only thing I need here is like a campfire to go along with this. Like that's like legitimately it was mimicked, tasty. It was it like legitimately mimicked a s'mores. It, did, it was you, did you shove in s'mores? How this work? Well, you know, I I, I talked to our pilot brewer Scott, Scott Grenier, who kind of drew up the recipe for it, mm-hmm. uh, and his response was smoke and mirrors. So. <laughs> nice. That's always good. You mentioned <laughs> sodas, and I know, obviously the focus is on beer with what you guys do. But the one thing that I've noticed. More of a push, and this started with, um, what was it, not your father's root beer not that long ago. I know you have a background in this, but what I've seen from that point on is that other brewers have now come up with their own versions of their alcoholic root beer. Funny story, by the way, there was a uh, there was an Applebee's, I believe, in Florida oh, yeah, that accidentally this. served yeah. not your father's root beer to kids, I thinking mean, it was actual root beer. The only thing I'm surprised about with that, honestly, is that it took that long. Right. I'm in the same I, boat. I, especially, and of course, it would happen at a place like an Applebee's. Easy. Of course, of course, of course. What's up? You don't like your neighborhood Applebee's? <laughs> you don't your like Riblets? I love Riblets. <laughs> I'm taking my nine year old to get Riblets and some alcoholic <laughs> root beer. <laughs> they didn't have any other root beer in the store, they only, only had, had alcoholic root beer. Yes, I wonder how the, the kids slept that night. <laughs> Real, <laughs> real well. Um, and now I've dad's seen, cough syrup, I guess. Now I've seen best. Well, it's not damn. your father's cough syrup, actually. <laughs> right. I've seen what's called best damn root beer or damn good root beer, along yeah. with a cherry cola that's always coming out. That's coming out. I forgot which big conglomerate's making that. But Sarah, you guys made soda. You continue to make soda, and that goes back to your prohibition days when you couldn't make beer. Well, you got all this equipment. You might as well make something else, right? Mm-hmm. You start mm-hmm. making sodas, but survival. You, 
you are now noticing the trends, and since you already make all these sodas, why not add a little something more to it, right? Yes, sir. So what do you guys have uh, coming down the line? Well, we uh, we actually, you know, seeing the craze of the hard sodas, um, <clears throat> we kind of looked at it like, well, no. we're already making soft drinks, you know, uh, which got us through Prohibition. So why not at least explore this option? So, and by the way, our soft drinks, are, I think, are second to none. The non-alcoholic mm-hmm. versions, if you haven't tried Absolutely. them, I'm sure you try your, your root beer is fantastic. Yeah. And you can find... The root beer at Mason Jar and a lot of other restaurants, but also, what is that place in Kerry? Just real yeah, quick, Rocket Fizz. Rocket Fizz has like all, all your sodas. Yes, yeah. yes. Rocket Fizz carries all that crazy uh, stuff. Yeah. That's, that's, if you had a beer shop, if you had a beer shop, carries most of them as well. Gotcha. If you want to get a sugar high, go there for sure, which is <laughs> yeah, great. And sometimes sure. I need that. Yeah. Right around three in the afternoon, I certainly need Rocket <laughs> Fizz in my life. But uh, but yeah, so we we explored the option and we figured, okay, let's let's try this. So, you know, we're we're already making soft drinks. We're already brewing our own root beer. So why not add a little alcohol to it? So. We uh, created a line called Jed's. Um, I think we introduced it in North Carolina around November of, uh, of last year. And we have, obviously, a root beer. We have an orange cream and a hard black cherry. Uh, I think the orange cream is, if, if you like creamsicles, get your hands on this because it tastes identical to an actual creamsicle. And they're the same alcohol, 5.9% ABV, I, I believe. And, is it that high? It is. 5.9. It is. Ooh. It is. And what's good about- It's higher our, than Bud Ice, Joe. Yeah. What's good about our, it's not our the Jed's, same, our Jed's style, I think, you know, we're not to, not to take jabs at any of our competition, but I think with Coney Island, you know, in root beer in general, you have a balance, you know, you have vanilla, sassafras, licorice mm-hmm. is kind of what makes up root beer. Um, but if you did a taste test and you lined up like the leading brands like Coney Island or Not Your Fathers or us, I think you would see that Coney Island tends to have more of that, uh, um, I want to say licorice side of it all, mm-hmm. of the root beer. And uh, Not Your Father's, I think, has more of that vanilla sassafras, where if you drank Jed's, you find a perfect balance of those those ingredients right in the middle. Uh, so, by all means, definitely get your hands on one if you can. Now, not to not to reveal too much of your background, but you used to um, you used to sling for loco back in the day, right? No, no, juice, juice, yes, juice, which was J-O-S-E. a four loco, which was a four loco competitor, right? Yes, not okay. my proudest moment, you know, being a no, beer no, lover hey, that I am. Hey, but look, you know, it's we all, all good. we all got to do things on your way up that you might not be <laughs> hey, proud Chad, of, bro. But but I, I brought that up specifically because it almost feels like we're having a callback to those days where of this kind of caffeinated the, FMEs, yeah, this, the caffeinated yeah. brews here. So what is different about that compared to what we're seeing with the soda? I mean, because sodas do have caffeine in them. Not root beer, not orange cream. Well, There's a I, lot of sugar. I think the difference between something like a Four Loco or Juice and a Not Your Fathers or Jed's mm-hmm. is <clears throat> you brew first. Yeah. And with Four Loco, you would brew, and then you would add the all the other stuff afterwards. Okay. Whereas, you know, like similar with like a coffee stout, you're 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 brewing all of it, you know, together. So you know, and so, you know, in 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 that case, you would think like you know, caffeine. Well, coffee stouts would be illegal as well, or coffee lagers, whatever. Um, but so I think it's all about the brewing process that mm-hmm. makes it, you know, illegal or legal. I think with us, um, you know, and, and by the way, our root beer is is. Caffeine free, right? It's caffeine free. So it's, it's, it's caffeine it's, free. But yeah, getting to that point where it's they're similar, I guess, when it comes to sweetness. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to 
caffeine and all that. It's But you brought up the coffee style, which is actually a very good point about that. But I guess, as you're pointing out, it's the reversal in the process. Yes. Okay. It's about the brewing process that makes it legal or illegal. I still have four locos in my fridge. Oh, my what? I'm what? not shocked. What? Is it next to the Zima? <laughs> I probably, they're wow. probably so terrible right now. They're a couple years old, actually. Why well, did you yeah, not give us those for Adam's old. drinking thing a few weeks uh, ago? Geez. We can save them for next year. Oh, my uh. goodness. <laughs> well, we'll speaking, next year. speaking of legal and illegal things, um, I want to go back and talk a little bit about the history of Matt Brewing Company. Sure. Because I don't think that's something we should overlook. Uh, your story is so fascinating to me. You guys have been around doing this for 128 years. Um, how did it start and how did you, you talked a little bit to us a little bit before we were recording about um, getting through Prohibition and yep. kind of how that evolved. Can you talk a little bit about that whole deal? Yeah, sure. Well, you know, uh, FX Francis Xavier Mack, he came to America in 1880 from uh, the Black Forest region of Germany. And, uh, you know, he was a, you know, brewmaster. He was also a salesman. Back then you brewed your own beer and you went out and you sold it too. So he was, he was both those. But, uh, you know, we have been around for so long. So we've seen all kinds of trials and tribulations, you know, peaks and valleys in this business. And and, and there's always going to be, and we're going to continue seeing those. Everyone is, you know, longer, the longer they're in the business. But, um, so, you know, Matt Beer, Utica Club, you know, they were our, they were our, you know, flagship beers back in, in the day. And uh, obviously Prohibition happened and we couldn't make beer. That's where we made sodas. But then, you know, there was near beer that was made. And as I mentioned to you earlier. Yeah. What exactly is near beer? It's it's or was near beer. You know, well, well, I heard I heard interesting. I heard Fred tell a story once when we made a, call, a sales call together at uh, I believe it was World of Beer in, in, in uh, North Hills. And he was telling how, you know. When you couldn't make beer, you had to make near beer, but you kind of put tongue-in-cheek, you know, in big, bold letters, do not add alcohol. <laughs> I mean, do not add yeast, yeast will contain alcohol. Yes. And uh, so, you know, hint, hint, wink, wink type thing. So people did that. They bought near beer, and they took it home, and they did whatever to make alcohol. So it was basically, you were you were just selling, was it carbonated? Was it just carbonated wort, basically? You know, I wasn't there then. I don't know oh, exactly. It was a starter <laughs> kit. Right. Yeah, basically, that's what you were doing. Yeah. Basically, basically yeah. everything it's ready. It's like when you, go, when you go to the mall, when, when you go to the supermarket and you buy an old El Paso taco kit, the only thing you need is the meat. <laughs> right. Yes. Everything else, they got right. the shell, which I, which I actually did last night. It was. It was a They've beer got kit, the sauce, they got in all liquid that stuff. form, I guess. Is, is so and when so you these were bottled and you just recap them. Yeah, pretty much. After you pitched it. So it was bottle conditioned beer. Yeah. There you go. But that's the thing, too, is near beer kind of, that's what, you know, back in the day pre-prohibition ales and stouts were extremely popular i mean every tavern had them and i think when people drank for 13 years they drank near beer and made it their own you know the american palate got accustomed to that american style light beer that mm-hmm. we knew for so many years after prohibition um and you know so it was great to uh to be able to get back into the game and then in 1933 when they made the you know they made it you know legal to sell alcohol again, the first license ever given was to the FX Matt Brewing Company, and the first beer legally sold was Utica Club. There you go. So really, really cool stuff there. We're very so rich So you ain't lying on the can. No, it's it's the truth. It's, we the are the original part. gangster, as Adam put it earlier. We yeah, are the OG. Because <laughs> because I don't put two and two together and, and those types of things. It's like, okay, wait, the Matt Brewing Company, what does that mean? I didn't realize it was, all those things were all tied together. Um, but... But again, tastes change over time, mm-hmm. obviously, mm-hmm. and you can only make so much Pilsner, and you start Saranac, and then you start all these other different styles. So what what's outside of IPAs, where do you see things going right now? Like, what is the thing that you guys, as a company, 
IPAs, in my opinion, are pretty much kind of settled. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got their IPAs. Everybody has their favorite IPAs. You can try to do triple, double IPAs, all the like. But IPAs are pretty much an established genre right now. Sure. But you got to go next. What's the next thing? What's the next thing that people are going to be into? So, And what do you find that to be? Well, we've one thing about the mats, we've been extremely innovative. Uh, our trail mix pack mm-hmm. was the very first variety pack in the entire industry of alcohol. So, the, you know, so... You know, we've done a lot of cool, innovative stuff. and You mentioned the Inner Circle program, and these guys got a little little jealous. <laughs> for those for those not officially Sharing in the restaurant industry, oh. bar industry, that kind of thing, what is the Inner Circle program? Just so everybody understands what it is. Well, you know, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a small batch program um, that, you know, like I, like I alluded to earlier, you know, you have breweries like Sam Adams and us and, and, and whatnot that, that have been built to brew larger larger volume craft beer but you have that consumer now that paradigm is shifting where people want that that golden nugget they want that small batch hard to find stuff and the whale bruh the whale the moby dick right mm-hmm. so so you know being around as long as we have you you know you have to identify what your consumers and are, are, are looking for so we installed a pilot system in the basement and we are creating the small batch program where we're only offering, you know, we're, 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 we're talking to accounts about it. Like Adam, you know, you guys are in a circle and it's, it's really meant to just be, you know, not, 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 not to meant to be everywhere, plus everywhere, just meant to be in places where, you know, you, you, you have to go to find it. You have to be on a search for it. And, you know, the, we, this is our second year doing this. Um, uh, this year we just int- we introduced a, uh, the Raven. It's a Nordic IPA. Um, using Scandinavian ingredients, we have the Brewer's Blood, which is a double amber coming out. Um, uh, it's very similar to Trogue's Nugget Nectar, but it's going to have a lot more dankness and pininess to it. Uh, and of the dankness. Yes. Who is that is that word again. Yeah. The dank. <laughs> yeah. And then we have the uh, Citra Galaxy coming out. Pretty self-explanatory. It's now that'll be idea. summer. That'll be June. Okay. Right. Because uh, these come use... out what every two months? Yeah. Two-ish? About every two okay. months or so. You know, we're trying to trying to. Kind of not overload all at once with some of the the other stuff that we have, like our right. our, our main seasonals that we come right. that we have. Uh, but like your then, blueberry, yes, exactly, which just hit the yeah. market this week. Um, but uh, what I'm really looking forward to is the the next three, to, you know, inner circle towards the end of the year. We have a Brett IPA called Super Funk that's been infused with mango and guava. So um, we're doing a lot of really cool stuff there. We actually had it at uh, the the rare beer in Durham. Mm-hmm. Uh, our pilot brewer made a special batch for that for that specific uh, occasion, that event, and it was fantastic. Uh, and then after that, we're going to be coming out with a basking in bourbon imperial stout. Okay, nice. Yep. So well, you guys had uh, what was it? The Scotch, the, the single, single malt. malt Scotch ale. It was last very year? long. It was uh, man, that was tasty. Bourbon barrel aged single malt Scotch yeah, ale. Yes, that, that beer was, was really fantastic. good. Really good. So yeah, so we're looking forward to uh, to all that stuff coming out, and then we have a chocolate chipotle porter coming out called Chocolatel. Nice. So yeah, we're excited. Yes. So Adam tells so, you so he puts n- these on at the mason jar, but you know they end up in his fridge at the house because <laughs> I've never been in the no, mason jar. You can and find seen them. You can find them on tap. Hunter. Actually, I just think I just, <laughs> I, mean, I just think, I just think right they now. go too quick. Once they tap, they go. So, yeah, I think Adam's putting them on in his garage. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> that too. <laughs> but yeah, so Is we're there, really excited about the small batch series. With the small batch, though, and as more and more people kind of get into the scene, do you kind of, well, you know, Wayne Wayne talks about this a lot. There's pushback on this people get angry really easily because either they didn't get an opportunity to get to that small batch or for whatever reason i mean have you seen with the growth some sort of negative side to it as well uh 
you know, if it's honestly, if it's negative, it's that's that's their issue. I mean, to yeah. me, it's it's great beer, and if you can f- come across it, fantastic. But mm-hmm. if you can't, well, even oops, you know, sorry. Earlier in the you podcast, know? I was talking about the article in uh, yeah. in the full paint, and that's one of the things that he talks about in there is that um, there was a, obviously the uh, cycle brewing release, and there's another one in California he talked about where they just went so quickly, and you had to get in line, you had to do all these things, and then. People that couldn't get them would start going, hey, you know, I hear, I hear it's not that good. You know, it's not that, you know. Yeah, people start oh, trashing. Cool. Tra- yeah, they get, so the they brewery's got trash. getting, the brewery's getting beat up. These guys don't know how to run an event. <laughs> they, well, yeah, and they do that too. Of course they do. But the brewery's getting beat up for things that they can't control. Right. Which right. is unfortunate. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they're working hard to do what they do, which is brew a good solid beer. And it is limited because they can't brew enough to, to get everybody a mm-hmm. beer. Mm-hmm. So it becomes a limited release. Perfect example of that is the Raven. I think you know it's 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 been received extremely well um, for people who understand the style. A, a dark IPA is it's a style. I like and you're not calling it a black IPA. Yeah, no, I'm. You know, that's we actually it's the Nordic. We kind of use the Nordic know, but IPA it's, but thing, it's, but you know that's that's a term you see out there a lot right now. Black yeah, IPAs. Well, you know, yeah, black IPAs. You know, it, it, it's. I think that's kind of been played out a little bit, but right, exactly my point. Yeah, yeah. So so. But be, but being a dark, you know, think about a, a black IPA. It's really hard to get the hop character out of a dark out of a black IPA. You defeat all that roast. You really do. And so we were we were we we were cognizant of that, mm-hmm. you know. And that's why we kind of made it. You know, we added a lot more hop to it. It's ninety BUs. Um, and there were people. There was one. There was one account, uh, a bottle shop in Raleigh. Um, the buyer was like, you know, I wasn't. I was expecting good from the Raven because of the style that it was. But when we tapped it. You know, he's an inner circle guy. He said, to quote him, it was overwhelmingly outstanding. Hmm. He actually compared it. He said, there was one other black IPA that stood out to me, and he mentioned the Stone Self-Righteous. And I, you know, I'm not going to lie to you. I take a lot of pride in what the Mats brew. So when he said that to me, I actually got chills because, you know. That's validation. Yeah, it is. And, you know, my last name may, may not be Matt, but I'm as loyal as it gets, maybe to a default sometimes. But when they when someone talks about my beers... Or the Matt beers, I take it personally, and I feel like I'm a family member of it. So, you know, I was really excited because the small batch program is really helping consumers and retailers, you know, at that particular bottle shop, you know. You can say the name. Oh, you know, uh, it was the if you Hop, remember. Yard. Hop Yard. Hop Austin Yard. At the Hop Yard. So, great guy, knows the stuff. But, um, but yeah, so it just, it just made it, you know, really, really, it validated what we're doing. You know, we've been around for a while. I think a lot of people consider Saranac as, oh, I drank that in college. I've been there, done that. And you know <laughs> what? They have. But you know what? We evolve. We evolved. We made it through Prohibition. We've evolved and we continue to evolve. And I think this small batch program is letting people who tried us in college and that are probably like that 40 to 45-year-old drinker that was drinking us back in the day, it, it, it helps us kind of get back to them, but also reach a new demographic of that, of that small batch consumer that is out there drinking craft beer today, and I think we're really, you know, going after it pretty good, and I think we're succeeding with the beer that we're making. Well, in the same article, the guy that was writing the article speaks about being able to get the really good beer that's on the shelf, mm-hmm. that's available, because there's a lot of really good beer out there that we may have had three or four years ago or at some point during our journey, and because of all the latest, greatest, and you got to have the newest beer, we forget about those things. Mm-hmm. But when you can't get that limited release— and there's a lot of really good beer out there that you can get off the shelf in any state right now. Sure. So, and that's, and I think that's what's happening. I know it happened for me. Mm-hmm. It just got to the point where, as much as I liked the latest, greatest, and the cool stuff, I'm, I'm just, I have, I have no interest in chasing it anymore. Right. None. Well, I mean, scarcity is a huge seller. It is absolutely. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. Any false, false, yeah. And, and, but that, 
Beer's not alone in that. I mean, I, I can sit here and I can make fun of it all day, but I mean, everybody does this yeah, right. to create the buzz that you get. And sometimes Especially I the think, mattress stores. You ever noticed that? <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. Sometimes, and sometimes I feel, too, that you're, you're essentially doing it just for social media buzz, yeah. too, because Absolutely. you're like, oh, my goodness, I have to go get this and, and things like right. that. But I understand the, the nature of, of the business. But again, it's, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to knock the business plans for this stuff as long as uh, Adam and Wayne manage to find a way to get it to me. Joe doesn't have to look. He just have, likes to drink. I have my runners. So I got I got them doing that for me. So, sure. so or, the pod, or, or the podcast gets shut down. Wow, <laughs> that's really uh, that's really the deal. Hey, Joe, so, I think he's holding you hostage. So Joe, right? we didn't want to share that pappy uh, pappy barrel uh, stout I got at the house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, does the, does You're not a stout the, guy, right? Yeah, it's no yeah. big deal. It's no, no big deal. It's no big deal. Any other things that you guys got coming up that we should know about? Uh, oh yeah, uh, well going back to Jed's, we um, okay, we we are introducing in May, uh, either May or early June. Um, a ginger beer, a hard alcoholic ginger beer mm-hmm. called, uh, well, it's Jed's, but we're calling it Mule Kicker. Okay. Uh, you know, because we what do you make a ginger there. beer as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You got it, Joe. I saw, I saw what you did there. Yeah. So, and it's going to be uh, in a six pack can, mm-hmm. uh, a copper can, um, you know, with a little, some nice graphics to kind of accentuate the, the copper the copper mug that you would typically drink something of this taste profile <laughs> nice. in. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, yes. And we're really excited about it. We had meetings Perhaps last month. Perhaps if you're in Russia. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We had meetings last month. In, and in Russia, we... it drinks you, Adam. <laughs> in... <laughs> anyway. Yeah. But we, I tried it up in, in, uh, in Utica a month ago, and I got to say, it's extremely refreshing. It's crisp. Mm. It's, it's, it's perfect for the... Than those North Carolina hot summer days, man. Awesome. I'm looking forward to that because I, I love ginger ale, period. Yeah. Uh, I, I have a question to ask from uh, from a friend of the show. Uh, wants to know what's your favorite Michael J. Fox movie? <laughs> oh, this, would, this would be coming from uh, Michael Hayek. I know. I know. Ex- you know what's funny? Distributing. He texted me last night. He's like, make sure you ask Mancini yes, what yes. his favorite Michael J. Fox movie is. So what's that about? <sighs> I don't know. I think uh, I know what he wants me to say. Hi, Which Michael. Would, I know Hollywood. you're out there listening. Which would be? Uh, <laughs> actually, Doc Hollywood. It's funny you bring up. That was the first and only movie I think I've ever walked out on in the middle of a movie. Hmm. Never walked out of a movie. Sorry, Michael J. Fox, but Doc Hollywood was not my favorite. It had boobs in it. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, I hate to say it, but uh, I have to agree with Michael. You know, he, he's since I've since I've made my little hairstyle adjustment and grown the beard, he. Uh, Calls me Teen Wolf. Okay, but I gotta say, I do think Teen Wolf is Scotty. one, one of the Scotty. best ones he's ever done. <laughs> yeah. So you know, um, I'm actually gonna go to the dentist and start, you know, trimming my okay. teeth to make. You gotta like do some van surfing soon. on the way there. Uh, you know what? I've done it before. <laughs> Wouldn't put it past me to do it again. So, but yeah. So now I'm racking my brain for all the Michael, why, Michael why, J. Fox. Why, what is this about? Why? Just because he's calling you Teen Wolf, so that's. Now it's the Michael J. Fox he, joke he, line. He, uh, yeah, he he referenced me. As, I've I've been referenced as you know for you for you guys out there listening to the radio here. You know you can't see me, but I grew my hair out a little bit, grew the beard, kind of go to the craft faux pas. I was actually at Beer Con, as a matter of fact. Yeah, it was someone that came up to me in my tent and said, "You're the first beer guy pouring beer here that doesn't, doesn't have, have a beard yet." I gotta fix that. And I, you know, and I was actually <laughs> teetering on the idea of growing one, but. But whoever that was, a beer kind of that said that to me, <laughs> made funny. me say, that's it. I went home that night and I said, honey. I went home that night and didn't shave. <laughs> tells, you, tells you what kind of fans we have at Beer Kana. They know yes, they're brewers, right? They, do, they know they they're do. beer people. It's so funny how that, that was the event that made me, that's you know, funny. inspired me to grow this. But um, We're glad we could help. Thank you. Thank you. But I told her, I came home, I said, honey, I'm growing a beard. And she's like, go for it. I'm like, really? She's like, yeah. I'm like, cool. So anyway, um, 
So I've been referenced as Teen Wolf gotcha. from Michael. Okay. Uh, I've been called everything from uh, Grizzly Adams. Nice. To, wow, that's a little extreme. Uh, let's see. You're not else? heavy enough. I know, right? I'm working on it. Uh, Jeremiah Johnson. <laughs> okay. and, but my favorite was the ginger from Game of Thrones. Oh, wow. I was digging nice. that one because that dude is awesome. <laughs> That's funny. That is, that is an amazing beer that that guy has. Yes, I'm um, working. I'm not there yet, but I'm working on it. I, I am I am envious. I don't get envious of a lot of beers because I can grow out a pretty gnarly one, but yeah, that thing is rather impressive. Right. Uh, well, thanks for coming in. And Thank thanks you for having Thanks for bringing all the goodies as well. We, I was uh, going to say, so before we, get, before we go, tell me about the boat paddle. Oh yeah, lots of swag in the in the studio. Yeah, you did here, bring guys. a lot of swag yeah, in here. I, I assume he's going to let us, uh, he's gonna let us auction that off at yeah. uh, at St. Baldrick's on Okay, yes. cool. Absolutely, so, I gave some swag. Take a and picture I'm, you know, here. There you go. I thought it was right, a smack Adam in the head with. Later and on. while we're at it, that's I, worth. It. I do want to. Did you get the picture? Got it. What I and, you know since we started with St. Baldrick's, I, I love you know I'm a friend with Adam on Facebook, so I see all the great you know cut and paste. Oh, you didn't mute me. Because some people have muted no, me on no, Facebook because I, of it. Yeah. I think you and I have a very similar sick and twisted sense of humor, <laughs> so I actually enjoy your posts. But I wanted to write a nice green check of $40 on behalf of the FX Map Brewery for awesome. St. Baldrick's in donation. Because honestly, Thank you very it's much. a wonderful, wonderful charity. And, um, you know, and I think you do a fantastic job with your passion and getting behind it. You do a great job promoting it. So well, Thank you. We, well, we definitely appreciate thank you. it. Thank you. Uh, and for, for the donations for for raffle items and stuff like yeah. that. So, again, if uh, you're around this weekend, anybody's around this weekend, and you're looking for something to do, come down to Aviator uh, between noon and 4. We're going to be there shaving heads and drinking beer and eating great food from American Meltdown. we got a lot of raffles and and some silent auction items. Actually, Nickel Points donated a small batch brew day where you can actually help develop the recipe and, and brew with Bruce, and, and then they're going to have a release party, and the, pr- the proceeds are going to go back to St. Baldrick. So... That's cool. Exciting stuff. Very cool. Again, thanks for coming in. Thank you for having me, Joe. We got one more thing to do before we wrap things up. Chris Rice, he is the president and publisher of All About Beer, and they've got the World Beer Festival here in Raleigh. It's taking place Saturday, April 2nd, over at the NC State Fairgrounds. They've got two sessions going on. You can uh, go from noon until 4 or 6 until 10 o'clock. And if uh, you want to buy tickets and all that good stuff, you can head over to allaboutbeer.com. So, Chris, thanks for coming on. And what I'm curious about is, look, you've been doing this for over 10 years now. What is the big draw for World Beer Fest this year? Well, thanks, Jeff, very much. Yeah, so the World Beer Festival rally, this will be our 11th year. Uh, we've been putting on events in the Triangle for just about 20 years. Um, and the big draw for us is, you know, with All About Beer magazine, we've been telling the story of beer for 30-odd years now. And... Uh, we bring a lot of that that we showcase with our coverage of the beer world across the country. We're bringing that to Raleigh at the World Beer Festival. We'll have over 100 breweries represented and over 280 beers there of all shapes and sizes. And um, now the great thing about beer today is uh, beer can be different. And I think that's what uh, that so many beer drinkers are finding out, and they found out in the last few years. Yeah, beer can be different, and then I don't want to say palates have changed, but the knowledge has certainly evolved, I would say, even within the last five years, let alone how long you've been doing World Beer Festival uh, in Raleigh or the 20 years you guys have been running events. So I guess what you're dealing with now is a more sophisticated customer going to these uh, events. Joe, you're dead on. You're dead on. You know, it's funny. Four years ago, Pale Ale made up the the number one style of beer and craft beer. And uh, that was... Um, that was uh, beat by IPAs about two years ago where, you know, everybody knows what an IPA is. And well, now they sell 
brewers are selling more IPAs than any other style. And mm. I think that shows you the, the way consumers' palates have adjusted to hops. And what's interesting is people want, while they want hops, they want that aroma, that uh, the aromas that come out of the hops, the IPAs, or, or whatever style they're looking for, that, that the, you know, the flavors of melon and citrus, et cetera, et cetera. It's funny. I've been in this world for about 20 years. I got into it because I co-founded Carolina Brewery over in Chapel Hill with mm. a good friend. And, and we actually did used to answer the question, how do you spell IPA? And uh, <laughs> that's, uh, that's definitely changed, too. Chris Rice, he's the president and publisher of All About Beer magazine. The World Beer Festival is taking place in Raleigh Saturday, April 2nd at the NC State Fairgrounds. All right, so the IPAs have definitely taken over the last couple of years. I'm well aware of that. But I also see sour programs. I see, you know, craft beer makers not necessarily getting away from IPAs, but trying to bring more flavor to more traditional styles like lagers or pilsners and things like that. So what can people expect uh, from that point of view? You're absolutely right. So with the World Beer Festival, we're trying to showcase everything. You know, speaking of sours, you know, the folks at Jolly Pumpkin and Lindemans are going to be there. We've got a Belgian beer garden, um, which will have over about 25, maybe 28 different Belgian beers. And so much of that inspiration that American craft brewers have today for the sour beers or the funk beers, it comes from Belgium. And, you know, they've been doing that over there for a few hundred years. So uh, uh, we like to showcase that. We've got a cider garden as well because ciders have been incredibly popular. We'll have over 30 ciders available for folks to try out, including the folks at Bold Rock and uh, uh, and uh, Noble Cider up in Asheville and Bull City. Uh, we'll have, of course, North Carolina breweries represented. We'll have about 40 North Carolina breweries represented and another 50 or so regional American craft breweries from around the country. Chris Rice, All About Beer Magazine. The World Beer Festival is taking place Saturday, April 2nd. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for letting us know about uh, some of the things that are taking place at this. Again, $45 in advance. It's 55 days of the uh, day of the festival, and uh, you're getting a uh, – w- so with the 45 bucks. What, what all does somebody get with the sure. price of admission? Yeah, so the tasting glass is a five-ounce sampling glass. You get the opportunity to uh, sample from any of the – you know, 100-plus breweries that are there uh, get into all the beer gardens. Uh, we are doing a beer and cheese tasting as well, um, with uh, along with Whole Foods. Some of the cheesemongers at Whole Foods are carrying beer and cheese, which is a natural. Um, and so the $45 is uh, admissions. We'll have another 10 or 12 food trucks there uh, and live music as well. And you have a VIP experience too, right? We do. Uh, limited beers, sort of exclusive beers, uh, and private area food and um uh, and, of course, uh, bathrooms, which are important. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you always need those. Uh, Chris, from All About Beer, hey, man, appreciate you coming on. Uh, let us know about this uh, this event and all the new things that are going on. And uh, good luck next week. Joe, thanks for the time. I really appreciate it. All right, so what do we got coming up next week, man? Uh, NC Beer Month kickoff ah, next week. Exciting. So we we're got gonna, special mugs, uh, koozies, T-shirts. <laughs> we're going to have Is there uh, like a Twitter hashtag. For NC, NC Beer, Beer Month? Month, well, yeah, I mean, we there's do. All, all sorts of NC Beer Month stuff. But Are there we're gonna special have emojis. Oh, geez, we're gonna have the Bond Brothers crew in here. They're just getting open. They're um, next Saturday. the The second is going to be their big uh, grand opening party. It's a so busy day in the beer world. It's a very busy day, but we're, we're excited to have Jay and Jeremy and, and the group in here. So and we've been out there and tried the beer. It's their good. official grand opening because I've been see, I've been seeing people is April second like drinking yeah. it. Yeah, yeah we've open. been there. We've okay. I've been there twice. Okay. Their okay. double IPA is stellar. All right. I'm looking forward to that. Very excited about that. And then... Um, and we will have CJ Street Food in next week. Okay. Sounds like a good time. Yeah. Then I'm off to Houston. 
Houston. We'll see what's there. I don't know. What is in Houston? Anything I should be on the lookout for the in Texas? Duke, JJ UNC, Watt. Virginia, and Miami, hopefully. No, J.J. Watt's in his cabin right now. Oh, oh yeah. He's his, probably somewhere in Wisconsin. He's not in Houston. It's 7,000 square foot little cabin up in the mountains. Maybe I'll see if uh, Brock Osweiler's got a few. Uh, he can take me out. There you go. Since he just signed that nice big fat contract Absolutely. Uh, with Good the Houston with Texans. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Actually, my goal is to do what these guys did a couple years ago where they broke into the Astrodome drunk. Okay. Wow. That's my goal. Okay. Have a few beers and uh, tote them into the Astrodome. But again, we'll see if I'm successful with that. I might not be there for that following podcast. No, but let us know how it goes. That's good. We'll I get call us from in. the pokey. Who, who should be my first call? You or Wayne? <laughs> um, Who's the first call? Probably your wife. Eh. Well, if you want, I gotta the, explain that. If you want the phone answered in some action, you probably should call me. Okay. You oh. just want to talk, call oh. Adam. Okay. Good point. Okay. It's a valid point. Wow. It's a valid point. We'll see you all next <laughs> week. Guys. Cheers.